Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Let's go to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, chapter 5. the Lord. Hmm. And it came to pass, verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. Okay, so these are the elders. These are the leaders. And they must have sent out a group text or something. get everybody on the same page that we're going to show up and we're going to see what this Jesus is all about. It says from every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, they gathered together where Jesus was teaching. Listen to this next sentence and the power of the Lord was present to heal them the power of God was there for the purpose of healing the ones who came just to judge and see who this Jesus was they didn't even have an intention of being there to get healed But the power of the Lord was present to heal them. That's powerful. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up on the housetop. And led him down through the tilling, tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins be forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, you see, I don't know what you're thinking right now, but he does. 
<laughs> Somebody say, he knows what I'm thinking. He answering and said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it's easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. <laughs> you thought this was strange. Amen. I want to preach on this subject tonight. It is God's will to heal you. It is God's will to heal you. Amen. Why don't we lay our Bibles down and lift our hands unto the Lord and just pray, God, in the name of Jesus right now, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your will and way in this house. I pray that you would begin to operate in every function of this service, Lord. I pray that you would begin to deal with every heart, God, in the name of Jesus. We loose your will to be done in this house. God, I pray that your anointing would begin to flow, that you would anoint every eye to see, every ear to hear, and every heart to be understanding of your word. I pray, God, that we would not leave this place the same way that we came, but I pray that every heart would be touched by the healing power of your presence. I pray that you would impact every soul, Lord. I pray that you would function in the spirit in whatever means you feel necessary to bring your will to pass. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. It's God's will to heal you. Amen. As I was pondering today and this week uh, about this passage of Scripture, uh, any time that the Lord uh, wants to show me something, uh, He impresses upon me a passage of Scripture or a certain Scripture. And I'll begin to read that Scripture and pray over that Scripture. And, and I'll begin to just read it and, and search it out and and uh, think about it, ponder it, meditate upon it. Amen. How many know that uh, you can read the Bible, but then you can read the Bible? Amen. How many know that there's more happening here than meets the eye? Amen. There's a, there's, there's a lot of things that are uh, taking place in this passage of Scripture um, that we can't necessarily get without the Spirit of God. How many know that we need the Spirit of the Lord to lead us and to guide us in His Word? We take this passage of Scripture and this story that, that Luke, the physician, is penning in, in Luke chapter 5. And it says it came to pass that there was a day when all of the doctors and the lawyers and uh, the Pharisees um, 
came to sit in the teachings of Jesus. Uh, they were the they were the elite of that day. They were the ministers. They were the ones that took care of the temple. They were the ones who who read the law, studied the law, uh, uh, taught the law. They were the ones that that dictated what happened in the temple in Jerusalem. Amen. They were the they were the religious sect of that day. Amen. They were the ones who, who, who were supposedly knew who God was. Come on. They were the ones in charge of dictating the will of God to the people. Amen. Somebody say amen. And this day they showed up to a, a teaching session. Je Jesus was teaching the word of the Lord as he often did. And the Bible makes a peculiar statement after saying that the lawyers and the, and the Pharisees and, the, and all the teachers of the law were there, uh, gathered around from every city, the doctors of the law. They had degrees in the law. Amen. They they've been studying God's word from from a, from their youth. They had been uh, they had access to the the very words of life from the time they were toddlers. Come on, Amen. They they were people that have give, given a great deal of their time into into studying God's word and and trying to understand God's word. Amen. And out of all of the studying that they that that they went through and all of the the schooling that they went through and all of the teaching sessions. That that they'd been through, all of the seminars, come on, all of the webinars, all of the conferences that they'd been in, all of the church that they'd sat through in their lifetime, they obviously had never gotten healed. Amen. The word of the Lord specifically says that the power of God was present to heal them. Amen. They looked like they had it all together. They looked like they understood. They looked like they knew what the word of God says. If you were looking at them on the outside, you wouldn't be able to tell that there was anything wrong on the inside. But the Bible tells me that the presence of God was there to heal them. That tells me that there was something going on under the surface that you could not see. Amen. How many know that we can come into church on a Thursday night uh, and we can present ourselves uh, the best that we know how? We can shower and shave and comb our hair and put a suit and tie on and come to the house of God and lift our chins and look like we're strong, but on the inside we're beat up, we're tore down, and we're wounded, and we don't know where to go from here. Amen. They were in a situation where the king of life was in the building. Come on. The physician, the great physician was there to heal them. He was teaching the word. He was present there for the purpose of healing those that have come to dissect his ministry. But I came to tell you that the love of God far exceeds our pride. It far exceeds our covering. It far exceeds our image. And regardless of how we present ourselves. He knows what we need. Elbow your neighbor and tell him he knows what you need. There's no sense of pretending. 
Amen. There's no sense in, in pretending that you got it all together. There's no sense in pretending that you're strong. There's no sense in pretending that there's not something on the inside that you need to get right. Come on. Because he's perceived it the moment that you walk through the door. When his presence started moving, he started poking on that thing and reaching for that thing. Come on. He started reaching for your heart the moment that he stepped in the building. I want to tell you today that the Lord is here to heal you tonight. He is here to fix it. He is here to heal your heart. So we got all these pretenders sitting by. Bump your neighbor and ask him, are you a pretender? <laughs> yep, I heard somebody say, yep. That's all right. Amen. We need some self-awareness in the house. Amen. Self-awareness go a long ways. Understanding when you're in trouble is a, and understanding when you need help is a, is a, is a very valuable thing. These guys were in a position they needed help, but they didn't even know it. It tells you about this group of people that have come that, that have it all together. Okay, and then it starts a story about a man that was sick of the palsy. And it's seemingly two different stories, but it's not. These two things are connected. There's these guys that bring this guy on a the bed. They, they try to get him to Jesus, but they can't because there's too many pretenders in the house. Amen. The house is full. The person that really needed to get to him and wanted to get to him couldn't get to him because there's a lot of people that were there for the wrong reasons getting in the way. <laughs> That'll preach. Bump your neighbor and tell him, get out of the way. Amen. If you don't want what God has, get out of the way because I want it. Come on, don't get in my way of getting what God has for me. Get out of the way. Move aside. If you don't want it, then leave it to me in Jesus' name. And so they had to tear the roof off the house. Now, this is desire. This is passion. They, they didn't take no for an answer. It was too full at the door. They couldn't get through the door with the bed, and so uh, they didn't quit. They started looking for another way. They started looking for a way into the house. I can't get in through the door because there's too many people standing there that won't move out of the way. Uh, they don't want to get close, but they will keep us from getting close. Come on, there's a lot of people that, that, that don't really want to get close, but they'll do everything they can to deter you from getting close. They don't want God for themselves, and so they'll do, but they'll do everything they can to keep you from getting God too. Amen. They, want, they don't want you to get any closer because that might make them feel guilty about where they're at. They tear the roof off, and they let the bed down in front of Jesus. If you were this guy, now I've been injured and couldn't walk for a while, and the thought of falling out of a bed that my friends are lowering from the ceiling makes me sick to my stomach. I mean, this guy's paralyzed. He can't catch himself, right? Think about this. Not only did his friends want him to get healed, but he trusted his friends.
come on. There's got to come a time when you got to get around people that want you to be healed as much as you want to be healed. Come on, there's got to be a time in your life when you're sick of hanging around deadbeats. You're sick of hanging around people that want to drag you down and keep you at, out and keep you like them. You need to surround yourself with people that want you to be healed as bad as you want to be healed. Amen. And he trusted, he, he trusted himself in the hands of these men. No doubt they were lowering him down from 15 feet or higher. And he's, a, he's, he's a, a asleep in the bed or laying on the bed with the palsy. No doubt he's not asleep. He's praying probably. <laughs> don't drop me, please don't drop me. Don't drop me, please don't drop me. Amen. I, I just want to tell you tonight, before you can properly get healed, you're going to have to trust people again. You're going to have to trust people who care about you. Not everybody has an ulterior motive. Come on. Not everybody is out for just personal gain. There are people that really love you. There are people that go to prayer for you. There are people that fast for you. There are people that sacrifice for you. You can trust people with your life. Amen. I don't know what's happened in the past. I don't know how you've been treated or mistreated or betrayed or stabbed in the back. But there comes a time when you got to get over it. You got to let go of it. And you got to reach for people and say, I will trust you. Take me to Jesus. I'll trust you, whatever it takes. But lead me to my healing. I'll trust you, but do whatever it takes. Amen. No doubt this guy wanted to be healed, but the, his friends wanted him to be healed as much as he wanted to be healed, and they would do whatever it took to get him to Jesus. I want to tell you, we've been praying for you, fasting for you, seeking the face of God for lost souls, for those that need healing. You can trust us with your soul. Somebody clap your hands and love him today. Amen. He trusted those men to do what was necessary to get him before the healer. <laughs> if it wasn't for his desire to trust them and their desire to help him, he wouldn't have ended up in front of Jesus. But all of a sudden, boom, here he is. Don't want to see me start dancing. I'll do it if I have to. <laughs> it's not that funny, Mindy. Amen. Here he is in front of Jesus. Jesus looks at him. He sees their faith. How I many know faith is visible? You can see faith. Jesus can see faith. Their desire to have him healed and his desire to allow them was faith that if they got in front of Jesus, that they would get what they needed. Jesus looks at him and makes a statement. He says, thy sins be forgiven thee.
the scribes and the Pharisees, they, they just have a fit. I mean, I, can you believe this guy? Who has the power to forgive sins except God? They don't even know who's standing in front of them. No clue. The king of glory is standing there. They're talking about it. They're, 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 they're thinking about it in their hearts. He, he can't forgive sin. Why, why does he think he has the power to forgive sin? But as Jesus is standing there, he perceives their hearts. And he says, what reason ye in your hearts? Listen to this. Whether it is easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said to him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. Okay, notice Jesus here draws a comparison between forgiving sins and being healed. He, 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 he puts them in the same category. Basically, to him, he's saying, well, what's easier? Or, or what's the difference between saying, thy sins be forgiven thee, or take up thy bed and walk? Basically, when I tell the guy, take up your bed and walk, I'm telling him that his sins are forgiven him. Amen. It, it, to Jesus, it's a synonymous statement. It means the same thing. Amen. We have to get a revelation tonight and to understand that God just don't want to forgive you. Come on. He wants to heal you. It's not just about being forgiven. Amen. We think just being forgiven is going to God and saying we're sorry and, 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 and confessing our sin and the Lord uh, casts our sin away from us and that's the end of it. We're just going to go on about our lives and nothing else is going to change. He's just not going to hold that sin against me. Yes, I believe that. I believe the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, but it also cleanses us from the damage that sin has caused. I believe that when you are forgiven that there's more than just your sin being cast away. I believe he wants to make you whole. Somebody say amen. Amen. We have to understand. Some of us, we think, well, uh, we come to God and we're, we're thankful that he forgave us of our sins, but then we continue in the mess that we're in. Amen. Well, I've been to the water and I've been baptized. I guess, I guess my sins have been washed away. That's it. That's not it. Amen. That's not where it ends. Amen. God not only wants to forgive us of our sins, but he wants to give us a revelation of what forgiveness really means. Amen. That means you're not held accountable for it. Come on, that means that he, in order for him to forgive you, he had to pay the debt for your sin. Amen. He had to go before you. He had to take the punishment for your sin upon the cross. When they nailed him to the cross, he was being nailed to the cross for our sin. He never committed a sin. He never did anything wrong. He never had a wrong thought or a wrong desire. He never sinned in his life. He was a spotless, blemishless lamb. He was the perfect sacrifice for our sin. He was nailed to the cross for our sin. Somebody say amen. 
But how many know before he went to the cross, he went to the whipping post? Amen. And that damage that you incurred, come on, from sinning or having a life ravaged by sin, all the things that you lost because of sin, all of your purity, all of your, your innocence lost because of sin, all of the, the wounds and the scars that are on your spirit because of sin, all of the things and the damage that you have done to your family because of the choices you've made. How many know that he stood on that whipping post and he took the beating for our sin, for our healing? Amen. It's just not his desire to save you from your sin so you don't go to eternal hell. But my Bible tells me that he wants to give me life and life more abundantly. He wants to give me a life healed, a life whole, a life worth living. Somebody say amen. This guy, he had an obvious problem. He was bedridden. He had an obvious ailment that he needed healed from. He couldn't do anything on his own. Somebody say amen. He couldn't do, he couldn't care for himself. He couldn't get up and go anywhere. He was bedridden. He had an obvious need for Jesus. Amen. If you were looking at this guy, you would say, this guy needs the Lord. Has anybody ever said that? That guy needs Jesus. <laughs> Come on. Amen. It's all right. Or that, that lady, she needs the Lord. Amen. What are you saying when you say that? You're saying, for obvious reasons, I don't have to dig any deeper than what I'm looking at. Yeah. Let me tell you, Cardi B, she needs Jesus. Come on, all these people in Hollywood, they need Jesus. Come on, their lives are wrecked and ravaged. They think that they're living it up. I want to tell you, they're going to look back one day and they're going to be sorry for everything they've ever done. They're going to be wounded like we were. They're going to be hurting like we were. They all need Jesus. Hey Amen. I don't even know. I just heard what she did at the, I don't even know her. I just heard what she did at the Oscars. Hey Amen. Or whatever it was. What was it? Grammys. I don't even know the difference. Is that the same thing? That's how much I care about it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really care. But uh, they can go pat each other on the back all they want, but uh, they're all going to need Jesus one of these days. Amen. Uh, this guy had, had, had issues. He, he was, it was obvious he needed the Lord. Amen. And, and the, notice that the only one that got healed was the one that had obvious reasons. It was the one that had the glaringly obvious 
reason that they needed the Everybody, as the bed was lowering, probably got out of the way and said, man, he needs the Lord more than I do. Somebody say amen. I mean, he, he needed God in a bad way. But the only one that got the Lord was the one who had the obvious, glaringly obvious reason to be there. Amen. But the people that God was there to heal were the people that were there that had things on the inside. Come on. They had issues on the inside. They looked good on the outside. But the Bible, my Bible tells me that the power of God was there to heal them. It was there to heal the people that had it all together, the people that had the good job, the people that were making all the money, the people that understood and had all the wisdom, the people that had the degrees. Come on, the elite of that day, the power of God was there to heal them, but they couldn't bring them to a, bring themselves to a place where they could acknowledge that I need Jesus. Their image was more important than their healing. How other people saw them was more important than what they needed from God. Amen. But as Jesus began to speak and let the Pharisees know, he didn't say that uh, to the man laying on the bed about his sins being forgiven for his benefit. He was saying that to let the scribes and the Pharisees know. That listen, I'm going to heal him. But my saying that he can get up and walk is an indication that I have power on earth to forgive sins. And you not, might not be sick with the palsy, but you, you're sick. Come on, somebody. You might not be laying on a bed and be bedridden, but you got a sickness. Amen. You might not have something obvious for everybody around you to see, but there's something going on on the inside that the Lord can see. And he sent me here tonight to tell you, you don't have to pretend anymore. You don't have to pretend it's okay. God wants to heal you tonight. Somebody say, he wants to heal me. It was his desire to heal the people that were hiding from him. Amen. How many know that God will never do anything in our life that we don't ask him to do? Or we don't open the door for him to do? He will never possess your life like the devil will. He will never take control of you or your circumstances, your situation, without your approval. Amen. You know, you could be on your way down a path that of destruction, and, and, and the Spirit of God can be yelling at the top of its lungs. But if you don't turn towards Him, He will not stand in your way. Hmm. He'll let you because he's given you the freedom to choose. Amen. That's just a, uh, an indication of the love of God that he has for us. Amen. He don't want to make us serve him. He wants us to choose him. There was a man that was in the temple. And 
he had a he had a part of him that was not exactly right. It wasn't sound. Jesus was was in the temple. And the man with the withered hand was in the temple. Amen. And, and so uh, there, there was a law or a custom of the Jews that nobody that, that had, a, had a, uh, uh, an ailment or a, um, uh, a handicap or what they call it in the Old Testament. It was a, it was a, uh, wasn't an affirmity. I just read it before I got up here. Um, anyway, it was a part of him that wasn't working properly. It was a, it was an ailment of sorts. It was a it was a handicap. He didn't have all of his faculties in order. Okay, and so if if you didn't uh, if you didn't have if you were lame or you were blind, uh, you were not allowed in the temple. You could only go so far. That's why they laid the 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 lame man at the gate called Beautiful because he couldn't go into the temple with the rest of the ordinary people. Amen. There was a limit to where he could go. But Jesus was in the temple teaching. And the man with the withered hand was there, which tells me that he got past the inspectors. Amen. He's, he's, uh, he's in the place where Jesus is at, and he's got a withered hand. Amen. He's got a part of him that's not right. Amen. He's got a part of him uh, that he wants to be healed, but he don't want anybody else to see it. Is there anybody like that in the house tonight? Amen. I know I need to be healed of this, but if everybody else knows about it, I'm probably not going to be welcome. Amen. He's in the crowd, and, the, and, and I believe he was close to Jesus, probably getting as close to him as he could. Uh, the Bible doesn't, doesn't really make it clear, but uh, the Jews are asking him whether it's okay to heal on the Sabbath day. It was the Sabbath day. And Jesus says, uh, well, I mean, you take care of your business on the Sabbath day, don't you? That's not exactly what he said. But if you have a, one of your animals falls in a ditch, you're going to go, and you're going to, uh, you're going to go try to pull him out of the ditch, right, on the Sabbath day because it's a good work. Why shouldn't I heal on the Sabbath day? Amen. They're fine, trying to find any reason to ridicule him. You know, Jesus will transcend religious tradition and heal people even when it doesn't look like it should be happening. This guy's standing there. <laughs> I don't know. Why you always got your hand in your pocket? That's none of your business. Amen. Hiding it. He's where he needs to be. Amen. He knows he needs to be healed of it. He knows he's, he probably shouldn't be where he's at. Come on, how many ever felt like that? Amen. He, he's crossed the line by coming into the church. <laughs> Amen. And he's, he's, he's got this part of him that he needs healed. And Jesus, when he's talking about healing on the Sabbath day, he, he looks at the man with the withered hand.
He didn't pick out somebody. Uh, he picked out the guy that he knew had an issue, right? Nobody else even knew, but Jesus says, hey, you. Right? Stretch forth your hand. Stretch forth your hand. I'm about to make it whole like the other guy. Everybody's like, but right before their eyes, transformation took place. The part of him that was withered and worthless and useless all of a sudden became functional. Amen. You see, healing, I, I want somebody to hear me tonight because this is why I came here. It's why I, 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 I broke the speed limit to get here. Being healed does not just mean that you're painless. It means you're functional. Because the doctor can give you some pills that'll take away the pain. But guess what? You're not healed. Just because you're not experiencing pain. This guy wasn't in any pain at all when he had his hand in his pocket. Come on. But the moment that the Lord reached for that withered part of his, of, his, of his, that unfunctional part of his body, all of a sudden the pain started rising up on the inside of him. And in order for him to receive healing and true functionality of who God purposed for him to be, he had to be willing to face that part of him that he'd had hidden away for too long. I want to tell you, it's time to face it. It's time to expose it so God can heal it. I'm almost done. I just want to tell you a story. Can I do that? If I can, say amen. Is everybody okay? I was in an accident two years ago, a little over two years ago. I ran into the back of a semi 70 miles an hour. I don't know what happened. I didn't hit my brakes. I have no idea what happened. I don't have any memory or anything. The first memory I have is in the emergency room. I, was, I woke up, I came to an emergency room. That's the first memories that I have. They said I was talking. They were cutting me out of the vehicle. It took them 45 minutes to get me out. Uh, they were cutting me out. They said I was talking to them, uh, communicating with them. I have no memory of it at all. Zero. Uh, when I uh, woke up in the emergency room, my left leg was destroyed. My hip was broken, clear off. The neck of it, it was, it was broke clear off. My, my femur was broken into pieces, just mangled. 
my thigh, my muscle, my, my quad muscle was mangled. That's the, that's the word that the doctor used. He said, You're, you, it, and there are so many miracles that the Lord worked throughout this process. I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but I, I was, it, was, it was a hard hit in my life. Uh, very impactful. Uh, I had a lot of questions. <laughs> a lot of dark moments. Amen. Uh, laying on that bed, not understanding any of it. Why it happened, uh, what was going on. Uh, sometimes it felt like the Lord wasn't even there. Amen. But I went back to his word, and I know that you said you would never leave me. Come on. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He said he's going to work all things out for the good, for those who love God, and who are the called according to his purpose. Somebody say amen. Man, in dark times, you've got to hold on to those scriptures. You've got to quote them. Because the purpose of God is going to prevail. Somebody say amen. And so I had surgery the next day. The, the doctor come in. He said, uh, man, you really did a number. He said, we got to get that hip fixed. Uh, my first priority is the hip. We got to restore blood flow. My, my hip was without blood flow for 12, over 12 hours. Amen. He said, I got to restore blood flow to that hip so we don't lose it. I don't want you to lose your hip this young, as young as you are. Amen. So we're going to have to put you in traction. And so... After he, after he had surgery on me the next day, um, put a rod in my leg, uh, 10 screws in my, in my kneecap, a plate on my kneecap. My kneecap was exploded into pieces. My, I had a rod in my femur and, and uh, four pins in my hip to hold it together. And they told me I can't walk. I can't walk on it uh, for a long time. I mean, it was a long time. It was, I don't know how long, four months, how long. I should have written all this down with the details. Uh, but for months, I wasn't able to move it. I had a lot of pain. And, and I got to a, a certain place in my healing where there was no pain. When I was laying there, right, as, as long as I was stationary, I had no pain. At first, it hurt. didn't matter what was going on. It hurt all the time. But as my body began to heal, I got to a place where I could sit stationary and it wouldn't hurt. And so I liked that. I thought, okay, all right. I'll just stay right here. How many know that's not the will of God? It's not enough just to be without pain where you're at. Because healing is a process. But healing doesn't mean that you're not going to have any pain. Somebody say amen. And so the time came for therapy. I hated this guy. The time came. I didn't hate the guy. I hated his moments in my life. First time he showed up at the house, I'm laying on the couch. I'm laying there, and he comes in and, and introduces himself, and he says, I'm here to work with you. I'm going to work with you a couple days a week. Uh, let me look at you. He looked at my right knee. My right knee had a little bit of damage. Um, he looked at it, moved it around, said, okay. Let's look at this left one. 
He's like, can you bend it? I was like, no, neither can you. I'm ready to throw down with a busted leg. Don't I will cold cock you. I'm serious. It, this is uh, painful. So he's like, he started to reach for it. And I was like, can we do something else? He's like, Josh, let me explain something to you. you don't move it now, you will never have a full functioning leg. He asked me, he said, uh, do you, do you want to be able to run? Do you, do you, do you want to be able to play ball with the kids? Do you want to be able to do all the things that you enjoy? me do this now, you'll never get healed. I was like, all right, do what you got to do. So he grabbed a hold of my leg, and he made this statement. He said, it's going to hurt. It's going to be worth it. Because my job is not to make sure you're painless, but to make sure you function correctly. And he started bending that leg. And of course, at first, it didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't work very good. It didn't want to bend. Scar tissue was already developing. It was already healing that way, the way that it was. It was protecting itself so that it never had to go through what it went through again. Hear me. It was protecting itself so that it never had to go through what it went through again. And some of us re remain stationary because we've been hurt before. And we understand what happens when we allow that part of ourselves to function. And so to keep ourselves from getting hurt again like we got hurt before, we guard that part of ourselves and keep it away. But I want to tell you tonight, if you don't allow the Lord to get his hands on it right now, I'm telling you right now in the Holy Ghost, if you don't let him get a hold of it tonight, you're going to heal that way and you're never going to be able to function in that area of your life again. He started bending it. He, he went as far as he could. And, and, and I would scream. Ah! The girls would leave the room because they didn't want to hear dad in pain. They couldn't stand to hear uh, dad in pain. I have tears running down the sides of my face. Come on, because of the pain. 
and the suffering that I was going through. And he would keep reminding me, it's for your best. It's for your good. This is going to help you. It hurts now, but in the long run, it hurts now, but one of these days, it hurts now, but one of these days, it's not going to hurt. Session after session, day after day, he would come, stretch my leg, work my leg. And, and before you knew it, it was fully functional. I could bend it as far as I could bend the other one. That's a victory. Amen. It's a victory. It's a victory. And he kept coming. And every time that he would leave, I would act tough while he was there. And I'd be like, babe. She'd say, here's some ice. Just a couple Advil, right? I tried to stay off the oxycodone and, and all that. Took it for the first seven days after the hospital. After that, buddy, I, I tried to get off of it as quickly as possible. Amen. But he would leave, and that thing would swell up like a balloon. I'm talking. And I would ice it for a couple of days, and he'd come back again. Say, how's that leg feel today? I'd say, it hurts. Stay away from it. Let's not do the bending today. Nope, we got to do it every day. We got to do it. We got to keep doing this and, and, and working with me and, and encouraging me and, and letting me know that, that one of these days it's going to be better. One of these days you're not going to have that pain. One of these days you're going to be able to function properly without pain sometimes healing is not immediate I prayed for God to heal me I laid hands I got the oil out I believe in prayer. I believe in miraculous healing. I went to every service I could go to where I could get in where the presence of the Lord was and prayed for God to heal me immediately. But guess what? He didn't. Sometimes healing is a process. And I want to tell you tonight that God has forgiven you of your sin. But the sin has left you Part of your part of your function incapacitated. It, it doesn't function the way that it should. But the reason he died on the cross was not just to cast your sin away, but to make you a fully functional person. I believe that with all of my heart. But you're not going to be able to get total healing without facing the pain. Somebody say amen. There are times uh, when, when, uh, when he would show up, I felt like doing it. There was times when he showed up where I felt like telling him to stay home. Uh, there was times when, when, when I tried to call off and tell, told him not to come. There was times when, when uh, I didn't want to face it that day. I just wanted to stay away from it. But, but every day he would show up. He was going. And, and the thing about it was, he never went to any other part of my body. When he came in, I, I was like, 
Do you want to work with those? That's not my concern. My concern is that part of your body that's not functioning. Jesus stretched, spoke to the man with the withered hand. He said, stretch forth your hand. Stretch forth, stretch it forth. No doubt it was hard for him to do that. No doubt it was hard for him to face it. But when he stretched forth his hand and let the Lord get his hands on it, he healed it. Amen. I want to tell you tonight that uh, God has healing for you in store. He, that he, he wants to make you totally and completely functional in every function of your being. Amen. Somebody say amen. Do you believe that? He, he wants you to be complete. Somebody say complete. What's that mean? What's complete mean? It made whole. Everybody. What's it mean to you? What's it mean to be complete? For, for, for some of us, We look in the mirror and we think, I am just a percentage of the person that I should be. How many of you have ever thought that? You've spent too much. Come on. There's too much that has happened. I'll never be fully functional again. I'll, I'll never be uh, the man that I was. Come on. How many have ever said, I'll never be the lady that I was. I'll, I'll never get my purity back. I'll never get my innocence back. I'll, I'll never, I'll never get the respect of my family again. I'll, I'll, I'll never have what, what I used to have. I, I'm, I'm just going to have to settle with being half. That's not the will of God. It's God's will for, for you to be totally and completely healed and restored. Somebody say amen. Stand all around the building. If I ask every person in the building, what, what would complete your life? Just ponder that. What would complete your life? What part of your life would you change if you could? If you could fix it. If you had the power to, to fix it, what would it be? Some people would take no thought for their soul. And they would say, I just want all my bills to be paid. All that comes later. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. That comes later. God's not necessarily worried about your stuff. Worried about you.
And so ask yourself tonight, what part of the function of my being has been handicapped? And what part of myself would I change if I could? It could be something that your actions caused. It could be something that sin caused. It could be something that drugs caused. You know, there are people that are carrying diseases because they picked up, picked them up from sharing needles. And they think that they're going to live with those things for the rest of their life. And I believe that God can heal it. I do. I believe he can heal it. I believe he wants to. I believe there are people that have picked up sexually transmitted diseases from living promiscuous lifestyles and, and they're truly sorry for what they've done and they think that they're going to have to live with that for the rest of their life. I believe God wants to heal it. I do. I believe that when he forgives us, that he wants to bring healing to our, our lives. I believe he wants to heal our minds. He wants to heal our, our spirits and he wants to heal our bodies. What kind of a testimony would it be if he just saved me halfway? He wants to go all the way. Amen. But that part of your life, I want you to hold it in your hands. There we go. Hold it in your hands. I want you to say. It's not mine anymore. It's not mine anymore. It's yours. It's yours, Lord, right now all over the building. Come on, lift it unto him in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would loose your healing virtue upon every person under the sound of my voice. God, I pray that you would reach into the depths, God, of our souls, of our minds, of our spirits, God. And I pray that you would place your hands, Lord, where no person has ever placed their hands before, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I pray, God, that you would heal it. I pray that you would restore it in the name of Jesus as we lift our hearts to you, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to open this altar tonight. I want you to bring that thing down. I want you to lift it to God. And I want you to cry out to him. I want you to, I want you to give it to him and say, Lord, it's yours. God, I'm not going to take it with me when I leave this place. Lord, I, I want you to place your hands on it. I don't care how bad it hurts me, Lord. I want you to cause me to be functional, Lord. I want you to do whatever's necessary for me to get total and complete healing and restoration in my life. God, I want you to heal me. I want you to make me whole come on all over the building why don't you come that's why we're here tonight God wants to heal your heart come on he wants to heal your soul 
One prayer meeting might not get it done. You might have to keep going back. But regardless of how bad it hurts, keep extending that thing to the Lord. Regardless of how bad the pain is, keep allowing him to function in it and to move it around. Regardless of how bad it hurts to trust, it's time to start trusting again. Regardless of how hard it is to pray and to trust God, it's time to reignite that communion and that relationship with him. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.